Hey folks, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 139. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. That might have been an example of jumping it a little bit on that one. You but know, it's better to jump it than it is to be late. It's it's instructive for Spencer because our millennial <laughs> producer right. to hear how I just incorrectly did it by about a half beat or two. Yeah, just a half little a half beat, beat. maybe right. two half beats. Right, but it's the and same jump, thing. It's the same principle that applies if you're doing a solo with a band, right? Right. And so it's much better if I'm at the end of my solo for like the horn player to come, to come in, in at the end of my solo sure. and begin. As opposed to then, a beat of silence. Then a beat of silence sure. where everybody's like, what's going on? Sure. Right. And singers do that right. all the time too, all right? All the time. Right, right. before exactly. the one comes around, yeah. they'll start coming in at the 11 or 12 and it, then... Yes, yeah, that's right. It's a weird uh, Jeff, facet of human psychology that that works, yeah. you know, for reasons that I, I don't know what it is. And I, and I jumped. Some, some I jumped. kind of expectation of smoothness, huh. that, of smooth transitions yeah. right. between things. Can I tell you how, how happy I am that you noticed that as I did it on purpose? I like specifically tried to jump a half beat to see if you'd give me shit about it. Of course I did. Yeah, yeah right. I'm on it. Yeah. Shorthand. <laughs> Shorthand podcast. We we do this a lot where we, yeah. we talk about this goofy timing of the music at the beginning. Anyway, Joel, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest here? Sure. Dr. Mark Allen uh, Darius with us tonight. Thank you, Mark Allen, yeah, for coming my on. My pleasure. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just did a couple hours of radio myself, so yeah. you actually got me at a good time. So good. Great. So you're I'm, at, I'm in a talkative uh, mode. You're WHIV. Yes. And I guess before we get into that backstory um, in your role at WHIV, um, the show you just did, you want to tell us who your guest was? Because it's very relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I just actually had two shows. So I, I uh, had a show at uh, 5 o'clock on Mondays on WHIV here in New Orleans, 102.3 WHIV, WHIVFM.org. Uh, at 5 o'clock, we have at 5 every day of the week, we have a show called NOLA Matters. Okay. And so NOLA Matters, uh, each day of the week, it's a different facet. And a, uh, it used to be city politics, uh, but my wife took a job with the mayor in the city. And so uh, <laughs> she can't do uh, city politics anymore. Uh, first, she... Uh, oh, come uh, on. When Joel worked at the CAC, we used to shit talk to CAC <laughs> on the show. We sure did. Yeah. Maybe that's why you don't work there. Yeah, that's right. Well, I still work there, just a different role. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my wife works in City Hall, so uh, right. she couldn't talk Understood. about city politics anymore. Understood. So I, I took her show. Uh, I squatted I squatted her show, hoping that she may come back. And I still at one point think that hopefully she may come back. So that's from five. So that's actually called Nola Matters. Health is a human right. And then at six o'clock we do a show called Resistance Radio. Okay. And uh, which is all politics. So the five o'clock show is mostly kind of our, it's whatever at this point's whatever it is that we you know. But it's I try to make it human rights kind of which is the theme of the radio station anyway. But we ended up having a very uh, a uh, brilliant attorney on his name is Renard Derensberg okay. to come on talk about unanimous juries. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we he came on actually initially to talk about the pay ordinance. The pay ordinance uh, is the uh, police alternative youth ordinance in which this was a ordinance that just passed city council just last month and this is an alternative to young people, so folks under 18 
being touched by the criminal justice system because if you've been touched by the criminal justice system, that's number one risk factor for being touched again by the criminal justice system. Sure. So oh. kind of the school to jail pipeline sort yep. of thing. And so this is trying to find ways to protect young people, letting young people be young people because we're all gonna, can we, cur can we curse on the? Yeah, this yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So you're gonna fuck up as, as a teenager. God knows, you I'm might sure throw we, a rock through a window. Right. I mean, For we example. all did stupid yeah. shit. You know, right. I, I certainly did. Uh, but I grew up in a uh, white Jewish class, uh, a Jewish middle class neighborhood in Los Angeles. And had the all the trappings of protection of That's white right. of white privilege in our society. Yep. And not everybody can grow up in a white Jewish middle class neighborhood in Los Angeles that can have that protection. So when you do stupid shit, you know, or if you're Kavanaugh and you nearly rape a woman and you're 18 or 17 years old, you're going to have the full length of protections and right. you know and then eventually you can become a supreme court judge so not everybody gets that in our society and so the pay alternative police alternative uh for youth act kind of went through and that was essentially meant to protect young people from being touched by the criminal justice system and so that's the pay ordinance so uh that's a great thing and if you guys ever want reynard to come on your show and talk to you guys i'm happy to. to to make that but he yeah. actually came today Prepared to talk about unanimous juries. Yeah. So Joel wanted me to come on and talk about unanimous juries, and I thought it was kind of funny that I actually uh, was going into my own radio program thinking that we were going to do pay ordinance. And he walked in. He's like, we're doing unanimous juries. Well, it's a nice, oh. it's a nice coincidence. Well, and uh, I just want to say, uh, for folks who don't know, uh, we have obviously the big election, the big midterm election coming up. But there are several important and some not so important provisions like fantasy football on uh, the ballot that's coming up that affect us here locally. And one of the most uh, prominent I would say most prominent amongst those um, is item uh, amendment two, yep. uh, which will change uh, if it is ratified by the people. Uh, a situation that has been the same in Louisiana since 1898, which is that we only we are unique amongst states in the United States. I think we are unique. No, I mean, Oregon. So the, there's, or, a, there's Oregon another. Is the only other, so there's other another one. state right. that actually has its right. racist beginnings, open that, racist beginnings, and that state of Oregon was found no. by white supremacists. That's right, right. And uh, so we have this uh, this vestigial uh, remnant of the Jim Crow past in that we only have to have 10 jurors agree in order to get a murder conviction in the state of Louisiana and a lot of other convictions as well. You don't have to have a unanimous jury and that makes us extremely different in the legal system of and uh, in, in terms of the rest of the United States and it was obviously adopted much like uh, when uh, the monuments were put up around New Orleans uh, in the same spirit and manner of getting rid of uh, the federal government occupation and returning the South to uh, racist uh, to absolute totalitarian white supremacist white supremacist racism for the next uh, roughly seventy years or so, um, and and these the vestigial remnants of that even i don't even like to say that because vestigial appendix the appendix sounds so benign vestigial minimizes it it's it it's not exactly vestigial it's it's much more than that it's still uh i don't know it's kind of like a diseased liver or something like that uh, but anyway it's 
I would say yeah. festering wound, pussy. Pussy. Yeah, there you go. There right. you go. And and right. Let's get our metaphors right here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's easy for me. I'm an infectious yeah. disease doctor. We have an infectious <laughs> disease doctor. That's right. So. That's right. Okay. So, so absolutely. And on the ballot, uh, Louisianians have uh, what is surprisingly a a a a bipartisan measure uh, in some respects I believe that was put on the ballot and, yeah I mean and I could help explain yeah, how that please, yeah. how that came we can get through. rid of it yeah we yeah. can actually get rid of it you want to do unanimous juries now I mean sure. we're talking yeah, about yeah, it let's okay. just go ahead and do it now so um so essentially, it's as, as as you described. I, uh, essentially, uh, and I am not certainly. I want to be very clear. I'm not an attorney. I I didn't have anything to do with it. But I have had multiple guests. We had uh, Royce Duplessis, who is yep. one of the uh, state uh, senator. Uh, he's a, a congressperson, um, and he's um, been on WHIV of this yep. neighborhood. Yep, he's been on WHIV for two hours mm -hmm. total, talking about unanimous juries. And then we had J.P. Morrell, who's the the author of the bill, State Senator J.P. Morrell, on for another two hours, talking about unanimous Probably juries. Probably future city council person. In Probably future city council person of, of, of New Orleans. Uh, his mother was a city council person and his father is a, a clerk of court I think yeah. uh, and so uh, and JP Morrell is really I have been on I've said multiple times that he is a social justice hero uh, and I think he's sick of me calling him social justice he just walks away from me is that right <laughs> yeah he's just like, he's like I gotta watch he's like yeah yeah I gotta watch my kids soccer game you can have your little social justice fantasies and just <laughs> so but JP Morrell is easily like he's such an amazing person and, and nice. the work that he's done is great so while I'm not an expert I have been around the experts, and I've had a total of four hours of hearing how. Yeah. So I, I, you know, so I just want to be clear about that. So anyway, sure. so essentially, uh, it's J.P. Morrell's last. Uh, uh, he's being termed out of of his office. This dude usually passes or usually writes about fifty five bills a session when it's a non-budgetary bill, I mean, a non-budgetary session, as opposed to like, let's just say Bolsonaro, who is now running for prime minister of the of Brazil, who's been in Congress since the 90s, who's only written two bills. Okay. All right? Right. I mean, just to give yeah. you an idea, yeah. like, I mean, that dude is a fascist and who's going to probably become the new either president or prime minister of Brazil. J.P. Morrell is like the real deal and he really does try to make life better for Louisiana. It's not a reality television. Host, yeah, writes, he's not, yeah, he he's a real lawmaker and he really sure. cares. Totally. So essentially at the end of last session, he always says to, and he reminds us that when he first started uh, being on the state senate that he was told that bad bills get passed on their first attempt and good bills get passed on their fifth attempt. So it, as a way of just understanding that even though you're going to write a good bill, it may not necessarily pass right off the bat. Okay, so with that set up, at the end of last session, somebody came to him and basically pushed the idea of, of reversing the unanimous, unanimous verdict, uh, or no, what we have now, which is a non-unanimous right. verdict bill. And essentially, the, the and I, I have it pulled up here, I wanted to make sure I had it right. And in the, um, so they, it's, it's referred to as the Louisiana Split Jury Law, and it was adopted in 1898 during, a, uh, during the Constitutional Convention of 1898. 
And The Advocate did a great story on this, so you please uh, uh, fact check me at theadvocate.com. And if you look up the split jury law uh, articles that they uh, that they have published about maybe about three months ago, so we're in uh, we're in October now, so sometime in June or July, yep. they did a great series. And so here they actually have a clipping of the of the um, of the proceedings. So it's an excerpt of the official journal, the proceedings of the Constitutional Convention the state of Louisiana, and it says here, our mission was, in the first place, to establish the supremacy of the white race in this state to the extent to which it could be legally and constitutionally done. So it does not leave any, um, uh, there, there's nothing much to the imagination with respect to what the intent was for the split verdict uh, law. Right, this isn't coded racism. <laughs> This, this is, is straight up. Straight up. <laughs> this is straight up. Uh, unabashed. Yeah, unabashed, unabashed. races. No dog whistle. If, if there was a dog whistle here, it would be a bullhorn. Okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was and a rallying really, cry. Yeah, it was. It, it really was. And the idea. And today, what Re, Re, Renard actually brought to my attention was that he kind of had to put it in context. If you think about it, the Fourteenth Amendment, abolished slavery. But the the Fourteenth Amendment also has a provision for continuance of slavery in the setting of incarceration. That's right. So you can actually have incarcerated people work as quote unquote slaves as long as they're incarcerated. And if you look at the American capitalist system, the only shit that gets produced in the US is either weapons of war, death and destructions because we are a war economy, or shit that gets made in jail. So GAP, uh, Victoria's Secret, uh, yeah. and other entities actually have uh, and rely on prison labor, which folks get paid pennies on the dollar for the, the labor that they do. And and I you know it actually never occurred to me, but Renard was right that 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 part of this split uh, or non-unanimous jury's uh, uh, law that was passed was essentially a mechanism to also be able to keep more people incarcerated. Now, I don't think people at the time, and as he said, I don't think at the time they thought that it was going to be such an, maybe they did, maybe it wasn't a, they, they were hoping they that did. Louisiana State was going to be the number one incarcerator of the world. Oh, there, there's, there's so was the plan I, from the get-go, right? I'll just say that I've read it, I've read a few things, I'm like, I, I can't cite anything that any quote that I could pull right out of the air. Um, but I can say, for instance, in John M. Barry's book, Rising Tide, that he talks about um, the Reconstruction era moanings and complainings of landowners who were unable to find the cheap labor that they needed in order to man their farms and, and get the crops out to market in the way that they did under slavery. So there was this massive ruling class, uh, white-fueled lamentation uh, that absolutely permeated that era and that had everything to do if you were a, a moneyed, wealthy landowner with uh, figuring out a system that would, if not fill all of your labor needs, but uh, at least stem the tide of uh, people leaving. So 
the idea of uh, of rounding up as many people as possible and sticking them in jail so that they were available as faux slaves and uh, beginning the process of having dog whistle language and coded language probably began like around the time that uh, laws like this were enacted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and the, to to make matters even worse, uh, the the law actually called for a nine to three split jury verdict. Not not ten to two. Ten to two happened in actually mm. 1973. They actually tried to make the law better in 1973, and they made it better by adding one more to the to the verdict, so that it went from nine. I mean, think about this. I mean, think about these fucking assholes of the day. That you know, this whole idea. That, remember the. I'm not again. I'm not an attorney, but the 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 legal standard is reasonable doubt. Right. If you have three fucking people, like one person is considered reasonable doubt. Three people who may have a doubt, in, and still nine was the case. And in 1973, they, in huge air quotes, fixed that sure. from from nine to three to ten to ten to two. And again, remember, we are the next to Oregon. We're the only. I mean, we got Mississippi on one side of us, Texas on the other. It's not like these guys don't know how the other states do it. And they still maintained that 10 to 2 uh, was was the way to go. It's clearly by uh, design. Moving forward. Absolutely, it was by design. Yeah. So what happened was uh, uh, J.P. Morrell was, uh, was approached by an entity that said, hey, can we make this and can we turn it around? And J.P. was like, oh, yeah, okay. He's like, I'll, I'm going to start this. But Ask what the entity was. Do you know? I can't remember. It was, was it like Southern Law Property. It, it wasn't Southern Law Property. It was another entity that was, yeah. you know, it was Human like it, it was a right. This is yeah. wrong. Sure. We need to fix this. Gotcha. But they were very right. legal sure. oriented, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so JP was like, "Listen, I'm gonna." Senator Morrell was like, "I'm I'm gonna start this for you, but you know, a bad bill is in one in five years is a good bill." And he just figured that was going to be the case. So he wrote up the bill, took it to committee, and uh, while they were in committee. You had a couple of knuckle draggers from Northern Louisiana district attorneys that came down. This is the worst. And are you familiar with what happened uh, here? No, but it's just the worst kind of knuckle draggers. Right. right? I mean, these or, guys. Or, or redneck. Yeah, uh, redneck. Uh, DAs. Just DAs from and judges. And they were like, they came down and they were like, well, you know, you're, you know, you're basically. Y'all are fucking with our shit. We right. we get yeah. convictions this way. You know, we're yeah. able to. Yeah. We keep people in jail this way. Like, and, and, and we eat. Yeah, I mean, like, way, this is, like, you know, and we go to sleep at night with a clear conscience, right. you know? Like, this is what we do, and, and it was such... It yeah, was don't matrix me right now. Right, it was so... I get my gardening for free. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was, yeah, I mean, it's, it was... It, it's like the Matrix. It's like uh, Keanu Reeves, like, figuring, you know? It's like yeah. that's their version it, of the Matrix. It was so, it was so blatant, and, and, and the guy's like, you know, he even said, it is what it is. This is... What we do, because if you think about it, these, I mean, first of all, the, they stack the jury pool. Like if they have, for example, if you have somebody of, of one race, they're going to stack a jury pool so that it doesn't look like sure. the, that those individuals, so that people don't feel yeah. any nativism or tribalism to identify if these guys want to get a conviction. But you're going to already have a, 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 a deck stacked against you if you know that you just need 10 people 
you know, and you could still have two others that may look like somebody. And so the, the it was such naked racism, and it was so clear what these two knuckleheads were were saying that they that it swayed the um, it swayed it got it moved right out of committee. And then to get so through it's the like house, they're hubris, they're like knucklehead hubris, like yes. worked against. Yeah, them. no, and people were like, oh, I don't want to be part of that. That's right. Right, and so what happened was it made its way out of a committee, and then once it got to uh, the the House, and then it got to the Senate, you needed a two thirds. You needed because it's going to be a state amendment. Two thirds need to agree with you. So right. he thought like I'm going to have to go through and really kind of whip the votes. And uh, one of his colleagues got up there and basically had to come to Jesus moment and was like, "Hey y'all, we do abuse this law." And this is why Louisiana has had the highest level of incarceration, and this is why people right. of color are in jail more than anybody else in the state of Louisiana. And this dude came clean and said, we need to do something about this law. And those two entities right there, those two actions right there, that was it. They were, they were able to move it through the House. They were able to move it through the Senate at two-thirds vote, and now it's on our ballot for the state of Louisiana to vote on and uh, uh, on November 6th, the uh, early voting starts tomorrow. Uh, we're recording and, uh, this on a Monday. Recording um, this on Monday, so October, be, whatever date it is It'll be today. October the 23rd is early voting. Early voting starts tomorrow, and the actual election itself is uh, November 6th. And it's such an incredible opportunity for us to do something where we can actually really strike down some of these uh, residual uh, Jim Crow laws that we have on the books that have done nothing but have intentionally meant to hurt, to maim, that have destroyed families. And for a country that is supposedly a country that's been found on equity, laugh with me, right? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, just, the ideal, uh, the country that, you know, you know, now we're at a point now where we woke up over the weekend with, again, you know, the, this, this, this administration trying to keep up with the news is like trying to drink water from a fire hose. But we woke up with the fact that we're giving up on uh, Cold War, uh, Cold War era uh, treaties right. of intermediate uh, nuclear weapons. So now there's an arms race. Uh, and again, you know, the arms uh, and weapons manufacturers of this country now have a free-for-all to make whatever weapons they want. And then we also woke up to the fact that we're taking rights away uh, and civil liberties away from our transgender brothers and sisters uh, because now they're going to just be codified out of law. And that's what this country is. And what 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 is the most difficult part for me to wrap my head around this country is that in America, we are uniquely defined by being a group of people who vote against our own interest, if we even vote at all. If we vote, you're right, against our own interest, for sure. I mean, we talk about this all the time, Jeff, on the show. I mean, you've got it, the, the political party, the, the GOP is about power and money. And so how, how do you get enough votes to support the 1% of the 1%? Well, you, racism have them, you have them vote and, against their own interests, right. fueled by racism. And, and uh, elite... And, and, and being scared of terrorism, yes. people of color. fear. Just fear. Well, and, and you know, uh, there's so much to unpack there. You know, yes, I mean, yeah, anyway. really, I, if I could just <laughs> you guys, say... It's, you guys it's let just, me just go ahead and so... <laughs> you, you know, I've said this repeatedly on the show that the backdrop of this, and this is nothing new, is that um, that hardcore group of uh, Trump irrational, irrationally afraid, um, cloistered cultists out there are uh, 
have been around for a long time. Uh, they feel emboldened, and their that sense of being emboldened comes from uh, their victory in, in 2016 and the kind of language and rhetoric that you see from Trump, which has been built up over time for a long time, um, beginning all the way back in the Ronald Reagan era, as far as I'm concerned, um, for the bunch of young guns who are now old guys now, including Paul Manafort and Roger Stone. And the issue then, as it was now, if you were a, a statistician of any note, was looking down the pipe at uh, how, at birthing patterns and who, what our population was going to look like 30 or 40 years down the line. And what we've seen is a disciplined and organized effort that might get you put into conspiracy theory th circles <laughs> if there wasn't so much evidence uh, supporting it, um, approach you know that's been uh, carried out by people like Grover Nordquist and other people across the country on the far right to push this country to forget about its... Uh, the, the, the rhetoric of, of the founding fathers and to embrace an idea of uh, minority rule and a United States that looks like South Africa did uh, during sure. apartheid. And that's what they want. They want this country to become South Africa of the past so that um, people what? of color, uh, transgender, lesbian, gay community, and liberals in general who uh, encompass the mass uh, majority of people in this country will be all together in a conglomerated group disenfranchised all at once. It's kind so of that like a modern day Hunger Games. So, so that we're, we're staring down the bar barrel of a generational climb out of, out of this mess that we've created. And, and we are now, you know. I mean, I think about people like Wheeler and friends of ours who have kids who are, you know, in the six-year-old range you think about that child um, still looking at the face of uh, an, an attempted rapist on the Supreme Court uh, when they're 36 years and old and climate change and climate change yeah and so we with this that that's where it's going and it's all because of this inevitable demographic change in the United States that's happening right in front of our eyes and, and gender too and and, and and you mentioned our transgender folks but like and we were throwing it through around the Hunger Games, like as far as a movie metaphor, it's like, uh, it's like uh, apartheid South Africa. If I was pitching this in, a, in Hollywood, meets uh, the Handmaid's Tale. You know, that's what they're, that's what they want. You know, it's it, not, it's not just race; it's also gender. Yeah, it's something along those lines too. And uh, and it, you know, it's a white uh, white male supremacy. It of, is it's of America. Straight white supremacy. And, you yeah, know, I, I you know, I, I get criticized for saying what I'm about to say right now, uh, but I, I don't mind the criticism because I, I believe that I'm I'm right here, and that is, uh, you know, it, it, every day, you know, I I'm I'm the I'm the uh, the son of an immigrant family. Uh, first generation American, my family's from North Africa. Uh, I come from part of the country, people that are named Mohammed and, and uh, you know, I'm Mark Allendary, so I don't look and, and uh, have names that are similar, even though, uh, you know, that's the part of the world that I, I come from and I identify as being a North African, you know, and like I told you initially that, you know, uh, I'm an atheist, but my family's Jewish, and, 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 and so my heart 
is is over there. So when I came to the U.S. or when I, I was born here, and as I came up in the U.S., I was very much you know I really bought hook, line, and sinker. This whole idea of you know injustice for all. I mean, you go to the Supreme Court, you know, the, the, the United States Supreme Court says justice for all, and it's a it's a joke now. You know, as yep. as a fifty year old man, and, and, and you know, and I'm never quite. Um, I, 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 I try not to be surprised anymore about the naked racism uh, that, that exists uh, in our country. And, uh, and so when uh, Bernie Sanders got basically booted out of the Democratic race, he would have easily won. I mean, there, there's no question about it. I mean, for example, look at the state of Louisiana. I couldn't vote. I'm, a, I'm an independent, but I couldn't vote for Bernie, right, because this was a closed Democratic state. Bernie won overwhelmingly in states that had open primaries, but all the states that had closed primaries, so you either had to be a Democrat or Republican to vote in that primary, he lost. And so Hillary ultimately won. And then, of course, we know about all the cheating that happened, and you know, and, and we saw all those emails. And we might disagree was, a little bit about this. I might say. I, I mean. So but let's let me, not let's not argue let, that. Let me just let me, let me just yeah. let me just finish right. this point. Let right. me just finish yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, I I believe that that Bernie was was I thought he, I I believe he was cheated out. But that that's yeah. fine. In no way was I going to support Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton was going to do another eight years of what Obama did, and which was another eight years of what of uh, what Clinton did, which was essentially. And if you think about the last two Republican presidents that we've had, basically uh, we've had Bush and we've had Trump that won. Uh, in very sketchy uh, electoral, oh, totally. uh, you know, and they only won by, they didn't win the popular vote, they won the electoral vote, and now you have four judges, two with Bush and two with Trump, Supreme oh, Court I judges, agree with you. that that now came yeah. in not as, they popu- as a result of true popular will. But anyway, so when you totally. have, so for me, I, I voted for, for Dr. Stein the second, uh, Obama term, and then obviously with this one. And the reason why I didn't vote for Hillary was because uh, one, I, it, I, I actually don't believe in Hillary Clinton and 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 all the things that you know that that went down with her. And and uh, if we were in a state that actually had uh, where it was competitive for her, I may have voted for her. But I knew that my vote wasn't gonna was, and I wanted to vote my conscience. But here's the deal: by voting Trump in. There's very little difference between a Democrat and Republican. Uh, in fact, if you look at Obama, Obama was just basically Republican light. I mean, he's maybe 30 years ago what what would have been considered a moderate Republican. He certainly in no way did he put on his uh, walking shoes to go into the picket lines uh, in Wisconsin or in Madison. Like he said, if you're going to take away workers' rights, I'm going to put on a pair of walking shoes and go work those lines. In no way Obama did that. And when Obama came into office, he, we were bombing two Muslim countries. When he left office, we were bombing seven Muslim countries. So in a lot right. of ways, there was a lot of reasons to criticize Obama from the of left. Course. And and yeah. I have done so. But Hillary would have, but you see, Obama was... I can see was, why you catch shit for this, by the way. So Obama was a very, uh, was a very, you know, there was a, there was a pretty face and a very, uh, listen, don't get me wrong, I say this often, if Obama was sitting here right next to me, I'd be, yes sir, Mr. Obama, Mr. President, uh-huh. whatever. So it's sure easy for me to say this, right. And, it's and easy for me to say this when he's not here. He was a dignified person. And he's and gonna so be- not, And you're not gonna disrespect a dignified right. person but as our president. Hillary's gonna do the same thing. But what we got with Trump now, is Trump peeled back that bandage, that ugly wound, that festering, pussy, 
wound that exists in American culture and American racism. Uh, the open racism, the yeah. open homophobism, the the white supremacy. The the I mean, he's now like I mean, look at these look at these uh, Proud Boys. Is that what they are? The Proud Boys or who who are those guys? The, yeah, yeah. Oh, with the yeah. guy from Vice. Yeah, uh, Gavin McInnes. Gavin McInnes. I mean, who's Canadian, by the way? Right, I mean, Canada, he, please take your guy back, <laughs> if you don't mind. He's yeah, the but, only but, one. But give us your medical, give us your marijuana laws, though. Yeah. <laughs> give us Jim Carrey. And he Seth can go Ray hang and around with Rob Ford's brother, and you take, know, and like take that, make yeah. hay up there. Did you hear who's running the Faith? Something she's running. Give for us Mayor Kid Toronto. She's like, just like Rob Ford. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 having some issues, you know, with our disease spreading up right. north of the border as well. So, but the point is, is that Trump is actually waking up a lot of people. That otherwise would not have been woke. I hear you, but I I, I have to give a counterpoint. Please. And I think, Please. and I'm sure you've heard this before, and and it's that you know we could have not elected a fascist. Yeah. And yeah. we we could have. I don't. I'm not saying I wish. We I'm could have glad that he's president. We could have. You, we could have problems with Hillary Clinton, and we could have the you know the Clinton crime bill that that Bill Clinton crime bill that led to. Mass. Super predators. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But so at a minimum, massive. we'd have a five-four Supreme Court right now, and at a, a lot min- of the minimum, things that we're talking we'd about have a would be Supreme Court. Would not, and a lot of the electoral would, issues that you're talking about, like the disenfranchisement of North North Dakota that just happened, would just simply would not have happened. I mean, that's the thing. You know? we're, so, we're, and, and if it takes us going to the complete shit hole shitter from Donald Trump to like make ourselves awoke um, uh, against the perils of you know, mainstream or, or, or moderate Democrats. I, I'd rather have the moderate Democrat than what we have now. I just would. And, and, and look, I mean, I, I ran for city council. And, and, and one thing that I will take with me for, you know, is that I was more progressive than anyone else running in public office in New Orleans during that time in terms of my platform. But I was with Hillary the whole way at the same time, not Bernie, the whole way. Because I didn't want to fascist in the White House, and I guess I don't know, man. I mean, maybe that makes me. I, maybe I'm. I I don't. You know, I have I, no I, shame I, about that. I'm uh, like I, I I I'll I'll go to my grave, you know, declaring that proudly. That I'll I'll I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'd take a lump of shit with some googly eyes over Donald Trump. <laughs> You know, right, and, and 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 that's all fair enough. And just but just just for the Supreme Court, and I and I'll say why because because at least you know I mean you could take four bad years of a shitty moderate person like Hillary Clinton, which I agree about all of that, and uh, and still wind up with a five four or a six three Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court had such a massive impact on all the things that we're talking about. That's now. true, but but you know the, we're stuck uh, with Kavanaugh so, and uh, that so other right. asshole now. So a, a couple things. One is you know again I I say this respectfully, but fuck Obama. Mm. Obama fucked up big time by not put, so when he put Merrick Garland on there and he trialed Merrick Garland, Sorry. that was fucking milk toast as far as I'm concerned. That right. was that was bullshit. You had right. another white privileged dude on there that nobody gave a shit about and the Republicans were not going to put him and put him up for a vote. Sorry. You know what you do? You put up somebody on there that's no one that's never been on there. How about a black woman 
a fire-breathing liberal, right? Sure. Who then is going to, who's going to move over into Hillary's court. And then Hillary gets behind her. And what do you think was going to happen? You don't think that there would have been armies of, 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 of progressives that would have come out, that would have, I mean, she lost by 30,000 votes in Minnesota or uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Michigan, and I think Pennsylvania. It was 70,000 votes over three states. In the right. No, no, I, I totally agree with the idea sure. of like and, and taking the fight. Well, it's also like the taking Al, the, the fight Al, to those the, guys. The, the Al Gore, uh, W. Bush thing. I mean, because, yeah, because for instance, even if it was a Pyrrhic victory, which it appeared that it probably would have been, he could have uh, made a recess appointment of Merrick Garland. Could have. Uh, during, could have. during that time. Yes. And, and he could have muscled things yes, through he could have, a, and they a, didn't. Lot, a lot more he didn't. than he did because he was in the last year of his presidency. And I don't know. And I agree with all of that stuff. It's a little about, too civil. I, I absolutely agree. It's not with, enough of a fighter. I I all, all I agree with that about, and, and about the Chuck, Democratic Party and, and, and the Democratic Chuck, left. And look at Chuck Schumer. But I still I mean, don't guys, want a fascist. You, okay, but you know, but I'll, I'll make another <laughs> argument why. I'll, yeah. I'll, I don't I'll, want a fascist rapist. I'll, I'll I'll make another argument why having Trump there is is I'm not going to say is good, but at least keeps people woke. Is that look at Chuck Schumer? Chuck Schumer in the past six months accepted 30 new federal judges at 15 a clip from uh, uh, the uh, GOP, uh, uh, who am I thinking, Mitch that, McConnell. That's where they're killing us right now. Okay. That's so, where they're killing so, us. So let, me, so let me they're just say this. So let me yeah. just, and, and I will finish with this, yeah. that the Democratic Party are paid losers. They are paid to lose. Because if you think about it, there are, the, like, every idea that the Republican Party has is meant to uh, prop up a minority group of people, whereas a majority of people uh, who theoretically the Democratic Party are supposed to represent are supposed to be represented by. But they never bring the fight. They are they will bring a wet noodle to a knife fight, whereas the Republican Party will bring a bazooka. I agree with to you completely there. Fight. I mean, we it's a bit broken in that sense for sure. What do you think about better work? I think better work. I, you know, I, 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 I hope that he does it. I, I hope he he pushes it over the edge. Um, and I think that uh, uh, Ted Cruz is 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 an idiot. I mean, obviously he's Clearly, I mean, you know nobody likes him. Uh, and but but I want to I want to I want to real quick. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. The reason okay. I ask is because right. better work's not a wet noodle. But he's a lot like Obama. I mean, he's he's not taking he's, the he's, fight. He's, he's much he's much more progressive God. than Obama in terms of. Uh, That's policy. what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, but he's uh, and 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 he's taking the high road. Here, here, um, yeah. I'm what, sorry. what do you guys think about that? I mean, I, I, I just I, want I to say a couple of things. I think, I think he's like. I want to say a couple of things. I love like, better you cannot get out of the Hillary argument without talking about misogyny and misogyny True. amongst men on and the women. Left. You can't. And women and and women as well. And and Hold on, what do you and I don't just, understand. Well, I mean, because people clearly don't get behind women. I, I would have voted for Elizabeth Pe Warren. I mean, I voted for Jill Stein. But people. No, I hear you. I'm just saying, not you. But, okay. Well, but maybe not you. But I'm telling you. Definitely part of this. I'm telling you. Outcome. There is no question. Oh, for sure. I know that people who are Bernie supporters don't want to. Big time Bernie supporters don't want to hear that. But it's definitely the truth because you see that in this Beto O'Rourke thing. And here's what I'll say about Beto. Love. I love the things that he says. Okay, but Beto comes from a privileged background, from uh, a family of, uh, of political nepotism, and he's gotten there because of those advantages that he's had from that family in El Paso, 
his his name was given to him and i know that this this echoes things that people are on the right are saying about him but in fact it's true his name was given to him so that he would eventually appear as a politician less irish than he was in a majority latino area of the country and because they knew eventually he would run for something and he did and he won and the other part of it is that his wife's That's father is where Kennedy. his wife's father is where they made all their money and his wife's father is essentially the trump of el paso so for me, I'm like, what are we talking about here in the end? I mean, does somebody just have to be male and be a good public speaker and say a few talking points that came from have a square, the Bernie movement? Square jaw. And, and yeah, have a big square head and, everybody, <laughs> and everybody's in love with the guy suddenly. You know, I mean, personally, I'd take Tammy Duckworth. You know, like I look at her record in Illinois and I look at what that woman has been through and her background, and I am much more inclined to like somebody like Tammy Duckworth over yeah, but she's not in Beto O'Rourke. But in, she, she's I know she's. No, 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 I know. I'm just talking about. I mean, Beto O'Rourke is now. I'm jumping past this race. Beto O'Rourke is uh, the de facto candidate for totally. the left right now. Absolutely. For, for president. The, for president. For president. Yeah. For, for president. president? Absolutely. Oh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. He's, a, he's, he's transcended Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Corey Booker. He is absolutely the Joe leading Biden. guy. Right now, better work would. You think Camilla? Demo- you don't Democratic- think Camilla Harris did think, not like kick ass? I think if in the t- Kavanaugh hearings. I think if you can, yes, she did, and also the uh, senator. Uh, there's people on the left that call her the, also you know a corporate Democrat. And, and, she but, is a corporate Democrat. But also the, the senator from. Uh, <laughs> I, ca- I call it corporate. You Democrat. call it that too. Mark Allen, also the senator from Minnesota, uh, acquitted herself a- really nicely. Amy. Uh, oh uh, yes, uh, um, not Amy. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, she, I think, her father was an I would vote, but, but like okay, you, I would vote for her right now, and I'm going to look it up. Kept Kubler or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to look her up right now. But it's funny if, that we if, agree on Tammy Duckworth, and like, exactly. why the fuck well, isn't she? Why isn't she running? But well, if, then also the um, the uh, Democratic uh, uh, the Democrat from Hawaii. Oh yeah. Who was a? Uh, what was her name? I, I almost interviewed her when she was here yes, in New Orleans yes. a couple months ago. Um, and I just oh, you're talking about the representative, right? The, I'm talking yeah. about the representative, right? Right. Tammy, Strong, uh, strongly anti-war. Tammy. Um, uh, and uh, but you know, what about Ocasio Cortez? I mean, you don't think uh, Ocasio Cortez is not a she hasn't even not a won presidential yet. candidate? I mean, come she's on, she's gonna win. <laughs> I know get she's gonna win, but she's, she's gonna win. Get out of here. She hasn't I mean, done anything yet. Did you guys see that Chelsea Manning uh, uh, ended up uh, this past weekend? She uh, tweeted out that she uh, actually finally got her operative procedure. Okay. So, uh, and she ran for uh, Senate against, uh, and that was in Maryland. And I was it white tonight. Maryland or Virgi- Virginia, right? I think it was Maryland. Yeah. And uh, she 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 ran against an incumbent, uh, and unfortunately that was not a win. But Ben Jealous is running for governor there, uh, and uh, all eyes are on that race uh, yeah. as well for social justice stuff. But the Democratic Party pushes out; they do not like progressives running in the party. They do not because the progressives that run in the party do not, they don't go the corporate route. And so when you look at Beto O'Rourke, right? And why are they so scared of Beto O'Rourke? Why are they so scared of Ocasio-Cortez? Because they do not take... And that money isn't going to the general pot. They they are not taking corporate... That's right. They're not taking 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 any tax whatsoever. None of that. And And they're outraising the fuck out of everyone else And they're outraising and they are raising people. And they're not pushing that money 
money into the general. But even pot, even right? that even I that has that, even not, that has and roots and that makes a lot of other Democrats uneasy. Well, of course, because now they're not going to be beholden to anybody. That's right, and that is. But they're the, also not sharing their wealth, is what I'm saying. I, 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 Which is. I, I don't know. Part of the I, I don't know if they share the wealth when they're running for, or right. if they when they actually get into office. If maybe they do that, I'm not sure. Sure. But you know, at least as him running, you know, he's out out spending or out at least out raising uh, Ted Cruz. You know, and if you think about where the money, I mean, the, part of the reason why our, who gives our, money to our, Ted Cruz? Our, our, well, he does. He corporate entities he's give like, money to yeah, Ted, yeah corporate Ted, entities. Ted Cruz gets he has like five don he has like five donors. Koch brothers, right? And they're all like you know Sheldon Addison. Everyone and, that got a tax cut last year, right? Those, uh, those twelve people. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, but if you course. think, but th that's pretty much it because they. So if you look at politics, our politics are broken for multiple reasons, but they all whittle down to two. Two things. Yeah. One is money and politics. We have a legalized system of bribery where you can buy a politician. You want to buy a politician? They're cheap as fuck. Right? They, they are yeah. cheap as. You ran for politics? I'm raising my hand right now because I've never done this on the podcast. If And Jeff, I don't think you know this, but when I distilled down to if I could do one thing with the rest of my life in terms of polit politics, it's to uh, it's campaign finance reform. So for me, that's bigger than criminal justice reform. That's absolutely. Because if, if you because if, if you reform campaign finance, then all this other shit we're talking about, criminal justice agree. reform, everything you can actually deal with. Climate, climate, Medicare for all. Everything, everything gets taken because that's they right. all pay politicians. That's right. So then what happens to that money? Where does all that money go? So here's how the system works. So on WHIV, I actually have a, uh, a clip that Noam Chomsky and Amy Goodman did that's called Manufactured Dissent. And where does Manufactured Dissent come from? The whole process is media. All right. of that money then gets distilled into big media. And the whole idea is that you make commercials and you fool the American public. And if you always look at politicians, they talk and they swagger and they this and they're tough guys, whatever. They don't give a shit about the people until it comes to elections. And then what happens during election times? They all of a sudden become populist, right? They all of a sudden want to do things for the people. And Jeez. then they write these commercials and these commercials are really fucking smart because they're either all Willie Horton type of commercials where they inject a lot of fear into things sure. or or they all lie to you and they try to tell you that they were really for Obamacare when they weren't. Or they really are going to tell you that they protect pre-existing conditions when they really don't. And all of these ads, nobody's there to fact check that shit. No one's there to be able to say whether or not. Think about this. There was CNN, uh, the CNN correspondent, the woman um, who, uh, and I forget what she, uh, Cindy, Cindy Crawley, I think it was Cindy Crawley, who mm -hmm. fact checked Mitt Romney in the middle of a debate that she had, that, that Romney had with Obama. And uh, Romney said something, Obama went to go correct it. She, uh, and, and Romney uh, got angry or pissed off and was like, no, that's not the way it is. And Cindy Crawley actually- Fact-checked it live. Fact-checked it live. Which never happens. She, which never happens, and she doesn't have a job anymore. Like, that was it. Like, her career was pretty much over. Well, obviously, I mean, look, okay, that, yeah. That sucks, but it, it, it speaks to the the media false equivalency bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's just like okay, the whole reason we're in this mess is because the media feels like they have to be objective, 
and they have to treat both sides the same when clearly that well that's not they're, objective they're, they're, they're playing they're, 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 they're playing by different rules right. one's, yeah. one's bold face bold face lying right i mean then, it's like the example i always use when i was little i you know i'm a doctor so either i was a five-year-old brilliant doctor or this is the most obvious thing in the world when i would walk into a room you know my family being from from north africa everybody smoked right all right. my dad's friends smoked all the europeans everyone smoking i once walked in a room and i started coughing it was a room a smoked filled room of a bunch of north africans all sitting around drinking tea or beers and 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 smoking and i started coughing my dad saw me cough it was a very clear i remember the incident very clearly my dad quit smoking that night i remember having a bad reaction to smoking and i remember as a five-year-old thinking to myself smoking's bad because i coughed and coughing doesn't feel good then i remember through the 70s growing up you and i are the same age and we i came up at a time when on tv yeah. it would be like well here's this guy doctor whatever from ucla school of epidemiology says smoking's bad for you here's a guy from marlboro who uh, says that smoking isn't bad for you you guys decide and that's not the way it should be the most honest yeah the false equivalent the, the most honest reporter that is on the beat reporting is the sports writers right who did the saints play yesterday yeah, Ravens. the Ravens. The yeah. Ravens, okay. I've said so, that on, I've said that forever. So who's the most yeah. honest is the they sports are. writer. They because are. they actually say Saints did forty one, Ravens were thirty seven, the Saints won, and here's that's, the reason why the that's Saints totally won. True. But except when it comes to much like the tobacco industry the Patriots. and the same PR firm that the tobacco industry, big <laughs> yes, tobacco it's environmental the, the NFL. Uh, hire the same yes. big tobacco yes. PR firm. Yes, yes. yeah, that's right. In yes, order, in order to make right. the sports writers not right. talk about CTE, right? right? right. So right. the sports writers aren't quite exactly writing about the truth. Well, uh, in I've, terms of that, and I'll just add one thing to to your thing as well is that um, the father of what we call public relation, what we call propaganda in the United States, is we came. The very first thing that we did in the United States was invent a propagandistic word. For propaganda, propaganda, right? A phrase, right? So we're like, propaganda sounds bad. Let's call it public relations. Hey, it's still got PR at the beginning. So uh, it, that, that came. Was that, was that Ben Franklin? That was Freud's uh, Freud's nephew that brought oh, really? Freud's oh, wow. nephew. I forget his. Well, Freud, but he is the you know the grandfather of public modern public relations in the United States. And being a media professional myself for the last twenty five years. Analyzing how one one thing is this is that the United States it produces the most media and is the most maybe the most well, media illiterate society ever, okay. and and that extends to all kinds of things that like drive me crazy as a media professional, right? So can I just people think that television gets made by magic? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but back to the public relations thing. I was gonna say, do you know what Ben Franklin did invent? Ben Franklin invented ads. He invented ads. Did you know that? Ben I did Franklin not. I'd have to look. Ben Franklin had a newspaper. And yeah. to keep his newspaper running. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll sell your product. He sold ads. Right. So I just, right. I thought that's where you right. were going. And to well, a well, large degree. Well, well certainly, that, that if you really want to trace it all the way back, yes. But this idea of applying uh, uh, analysis and research whether you say that Freud was, you know, uh, purely scientific or whether it was quasi-scientific, whatever your opinion I think is, most people would it say was scientific. It was, it was, it drew on that um, in order to incorporate feelings and emotions 
uh, of people and their desires um, into advertising. Sure. And the modern public relations uh, firm and movement was born in the United States. We never, there is, n there is never, ever a story about public relations firms in the United States and the influence that these people have. They're in the business totally of influence peddling. That's all that they do. There That's was a, their job. There was a band in the early 90s, or late 80s, early 90s called the Spin Doctors. There you go. Right. So, yeah. I mean, right. They had a good PR firm, obviously, <laughs> exactly. working for them. Uh, but but my, my point is this, is that, is that we're incredibly media Ill illiterate, and that illiteracy about how it is that the things that we're talking about here, false equivalent, why are false equivalencies always in media when there aren't any? You know what I mean? Like what you were just talking about with smoking. Um, it gets put there. M media, I mean, we know what's going on with Sinclair Media Group and all sure. this stuff. Like they're just spoon feeding what they want read to people who are presenting themselves as supposedly reporters Local news. right it's and they're terrible. saying you have no objectivity it's terrible but i'm not surprised you know what i mean patty chayevsky predicted this in network uh 40 years ago in his in his famous uh, screenplay movie um and also in the movie hospital uh, as a matter of fact with george c scott um he wrote that screenplay as well which uh, predicted the future of healthcare you, in the United States. And you don't see this as being part of the decline of this of, of, of this empire? Oh, absolutely. The United States is totally, and we're in more of a, it's hard to gauge, you know, on a graph where we How are, but to we me, are. We're fucked. to me, we've, in the last three years with uh, Trumpism, we've accelerated so the decline and this, massively. And this, and this goes back to my point. I mean, so how do you like That's to have your, how do you like to have your Band-Aid removed? Do you like to have your Band-Aid removed slowly, or do you like to have it peeled off quickly? Which is the, I hear what you're saying. That's the that's the Bernie anti-Hillary argument. That's the Hillary Trump argument. Well, that I don't the, know. I mean, it depends on how much blood comes out after well, I mean, it peels like, off. We, you know, I mean, well, if we had, if we off. had, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's gonna happen. I mean, not necessarily a nuclear bomb, but, but there, the, shit's gonna go down. That's the threat. I mean, is. he's he's an unstable motherfucker. Like, I mean, right. and and when he sees his power starting, or if he sees the, that the, that it's time for him to go, or you know, I mean, like, he's a bad, bad dude. I, I am in no way suggesting that Trump's a good guy. I am just saying he's, yeah, that... And he's going to pull it, out every single stop the, but white, white male, power. white male supremacy power right. is going to pull out every single. They're not going to go yeah, quietly. They are not going to transfer power. They expect power to be transferred to them let, quietly. Let me lay this theory yeah, on you. This, yeah, this is a yeah. theory that I've heard uh, by a mutual acquaintance of ours um, that was in our meeting today, and and when I one of my first meetings with him, he was like, you know what, this is going to sound crazy, but I think that. Trump's like Trump card, his like final, his Hail Mary is going to be something along the lines of re refusing to leave office or something that causes public gatherings. Fake news to say that throughout the, the, the land. elections are not, and then, you know, that yes. there was fake and then, people, so un illegitimate people, people are voting. People come out to the streets based on some fake news bullshit. So he's going to promote hysteria. Yeah. Public hysteria. He's right. And then. Uh, he's going to send. He's going to have the ability to send in the National Guard, military, yep, I, whatever, I, to protect I, the white racist from the protesters who come out to confront them. 
And so suddenly the people getting beaten are going to be people like us and women. Do you know that there are that they're starting? It's to already pass, happening. They're starting yeah. to pass laws right now, uh, including they tried to pass in Louisiana. It didn't pass here. It's passed in North Dakota. It came from Standing Rock. That one of the ways that protesters and that folks that people protest, it's a constitutional right to protest, is to get in the road and inconvenience other people. It's to stand and in major arteries and major cities to prevent people from actually getting to where they want to go. Because if you piss off a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of phone calls that are going to go to That's politicians, right? Because right? people are going to be inconvenienced That's to go right. to work. So you know some of the laws that they're passing right now? They're making it legal now to actually run over protesters that are standing in the middle of the road so as to make it so that uh, protesting is now going to become illegal. And I strongly believe, in, and, and the person that I think you're referring to that was in your meeting today, yeah. I, agree, I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment. And, well, and then the other person in the meeting was talking about, either you or him, was talking about the GoPro thing on the bike helmet. Cause it's that was like, me. You just, that was you. Because you just have to, because you know, all of a sudden, speaking of inconvenience and how people get riled up and make it politicized, is the, the, the Barone uh, bike lane. Right, everyone's up in arms over the Barone. We're talking about bike the Barone bike lane, and right? How. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sure. a decent bike lane. It's the way the rest of the world, civilized world, does bike lanes, That's right? right? Yeah. Where you put the squishy things all the way on the end and separate them by hard cars and then sure, fast-moving sure. cars, right? Rather right. than putting the squishy That's things right. in between next to the three-ton metal. Right, thing. right. The squishy, the squishy tire. And people are like, "Whoa, freak out!" Yeah. Like, but the point is, is I think that like with that kind of stuff, that 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 to your earlier point that let's just run these people over and yeah get rid of it yeah i, I don't think that that <laughs> protesters people, people are not going to go no nope. the, the, the 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 uh the folks that run the country the white supremacist uh and uh and the white males the white patriarchal infrastructure that exists they are not going to go lightly they They're are not. they they have been in charge for three fucking That's hundred right. years and they have gotten everything that they have ever wanted right. everything they enslaved they they slaughtered the native americans they enslaved a full race of people and became an economic powerhouse as a result of that they yeah. have created innumerable wars they have been responsible for our economy uh, was based on the back of the war sorry to but to, but you know they squashed out hitler which is what they aspire to be but that's like where their economic power came from ultimately in terms of being a world player economically Look at what we do through uh, South America, South and Central America. We have destroyed uh, democratic uh, elected leaders that were socialists that were going to then turn around and give the common people the goods of their lands instead of going to the Americans. Look what happened in Iran. We had in the 50s, the Iranians had a democratic elected. I mean, the Iranians are pissed at Americans. You know why? Not because we have our freedoms. It's because we fucking took away their freedom right. and installed a Shah. Right when happened was the uh, the Democratic leader was uh, voted in in Iran, and he's like, "I'm taking all this oil and giving it back to the fucking people." Just like, by the way, a very popular Alaskan governor did. Right, Sarah sure. Palin did the same thing. Was she turned around and and shared the 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 oil uh, uh, spoils, if you will, with the Alaskan people? When the U.S. got wind that that's what was going on in Iran, they put the Shah of Iran in there, and of course, the Shah of Iran led to sure. uh, what we have. Uh, with the Ayatollahs right now totally. in, in, in Iran. And look what's happening in, in uh, Saudi Arabia right now. I mean, well, what's we, happening we in made, Saudi... We made that bed. 
Yes, I mean, we, uh, the, the whole reason why people are pissed at uh, Mohammed bin Salman is not because he necessarily killed, of course, that was a horrible thing that oh. happened with Khashoggi. That's a terrible, terrible thing. I mean, they, they beheaded the motherfucker. What I want to know is what happened to all that blood. No one's ever talking about it. They dismembered him, but there must have been a lot of fucking blood. <laughs> Spoken like yeah, a true doctor. Right? Like, right. No, well, because they, they had everything. They, 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 they had everything mops. ready. and, and, and Yeah, I, but, but that's, that's mops is... That's a, a lot, lot of blood, blood that just, comes that's out. That's a bunch of sponges. I, I want to point this out. I was, <laughs> talking, I was talking to my girlfriend, Tracy, about this is such a morbid conversation. But at the same time, I was like, I was like, look, on a certain sense, it's like you have a group of 18 people. Not everybody in that group, if it's some uh, murder squad that they're sending out, necessarily knows like why they're being... These are guys that are in the military, whatever. A core of them know why they're there. They're there to kill, right? But some of them are like, I'm, I don't know why I'm here. I'm here to watch the door. I'm here to drive the car, get coffee for the, or something, go shopping and buy the things, right? All those dudes are now okay. looking over their shoulders because no. they're going to be dead soon. Not only, no, they've already one been rounded them, up. One of them died. Exactly. One so of them here's, died in a here's car the thing. Accident. Here's what happens with totalitarianism like that is that they're going to, they're going to, now the people who are unwitting, unwittingly just ordered to go along with that are also going to die. They're going to get round up, rounded did, up did, and tortured in the name yes. of a, the sham yes. of making the idea that it was a rogue right. group uh, right. real. And, and did you hear about the, you know, they sent a, a pathologist, right? They sent a doctor yes. there who's, yeah. actually, who's a pathologist. They, they don't tell you that's what, it, that's what he was, a pathologist, sure. right? So do you know, as they were dismembering this guy, you know what he told other people to do? Because he clearly saw other people were not okay with them, like, dismembering uh, Khashoggi. He said, take out your headphones on your phones and just listen to music as we're doing this. He literally said, listen to music so as to, uh, so as to lessen the, the, the visual pain of what it is that we're doing. Or maybe even the screams if he was still alive when they were chopping off his yeah, fingers. Yeah, less, lessen they, your PTSD. They, uh, they, 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 they did. Put the reports are that it Yeah. So, yeah. so let me just finish this one thought, and that is that we were in the process, we being the United States, was in the process of getting ready to do some military actions against Iran in and around November. And MBS, or Mohammed bin Salman, actually disrupted that whole process right now. Because the whole reason why we have this alliance with Saudi Arabia is not only for the oil, but it's also the common enemy of Iran. Yeah. And now everybody's focused. I mean, this story is the, think about how there's been so much pressure and we're like a day like 18, 19 or 20, as well we should sure. be. Now, let's just be very clear that Mohammed bin Salman is also the person who's instigating the terrible fucking war that's happening in Yemen. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the worst human travesties with a, with a cholera epidemic that the world has never seen before. I'm sure there's been worse cholera epidemics in the history of this world, but this is the one yeah. that we can actually see. Totally. This is the one that we can actually measure. Cholera is a not only is it a, a preventable disease because there is some ability to, 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 to prophylax for it with medications, but clean water. But we are now starving and killing a population of people, but there's nothing with With that. this horrible infection. Right, but, but I mean also with war. I mean, right. they're dropping sure. bombs on them as Both. well, and then also they're blocking the ports. Right. The Saudis block the ports, so this way no food can get it. I mean, there is now going to be starving millions of people. We're gonna see famines in Yemen, as well as cholera, and whatever the fuck else happens when you have a famine, which is mostly infectious diseases. Go back to, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but go back to sorry. Khashoggi. Yes, Khashoggi's bad, but that was one person, That's right. as opposed to millions of people. That's right. I mean, the Saudi Don't Arabia take your is eye just off that ball, right? 
fucking terrible fucking people. And you know who's supplying the weapons against the war in Yemen? We are. We are. And that's the reason we don't want to condemn Saudi Arabia over that, that one person's is, death. That is exactly because of those right. Well, and you talk one about the nakedness is that he said it openly. He just did. He just said it openly multiple times during the week. He's like, we don't want to mess up this big order. Can you imagine this order? 400 billion. We got a purchase order. And again, if Hillary, if this had been Hillary. Like the country has a purchase. If if this had been Hillary, this would have been another couching. There would have been at least the nice thing about Trump is that he's too fucking stupid. not to hide it, and 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 he bad. has driven the Republican Party so far over to that side now, That's where true. we have open racism now, and we have open discrimination, and now we have the idea of right. being completely open with the fact that we're not going to say anything against the Saudi Arabians or Mohammed bin Salman because of the fact that we're going to get paid for it. Which now. is kind of full circle to your point that you've made throughout the show, which I appreciate, is how do you want the band-aid to be pulled off? And I like my band-aid to be pulled off very quickly. Very fast, which is what those which kind is of comments what, do. Which is what's happening. That's right. And it's in, now we are in a true constitutional crisis. crisis. Because mm-hmm. is our constitution going to be able to stand up mm-hmm. to the pressure? Now, in two years of uh, President Trump's uh, tenure, he's had more federal judges approved mm-hmm. than Obama. McConnell knew what the fuck he was doing. Was McConnell's, well, I mean, McConnell they have blocked, control of the government. Right, McConnell know? blocked that shit, and Schumer just rolls, because that's what he's paid to do. They don't put strong people in the Senate. They don't put strong people in the Congress. There's a couple strong people, but they get castigated, right? I mean, they get they get shunned aside, sure. right? But you have the uh, the only strength you can show is if you're a fucking racist, if you're a Steve Scalise, or if you're a Steve King, or if you're one of these assholes that can well, just be I'm down mean with Antifa. And, I'm down with Antifa. You can yeah. be strong too. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't advocate violence, but uh, I think the Antifa people are definitely I'm down with them. They're, they're, you know. But look, I mean, all this is a roundabout way of also. I mean, look, uh, is we got to vote. Yes. And, and and it gets us back to. Um, we got to vote in numbers jury. that org. have yeah please vote yes on prop 2 if you're listening yeah. to this in Louisiana I mean so it's 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 critically important and it's the kind of thing that we might have some disagreements Mark Allen about like that we've discussed however if the if the band-aid pulling off quickly leads to you know I, a win on two I hope I'm so I'm down with you I'm down I, with I you I hope so um I I'll say for my my own part that I'm I'm super progressive, you're super progressive, you're super progressive. We have different ideas about how we want to approach that progressivism. The idea that Louisiana is going to beat Oregon to the punch <laughs> on, on this bill um, never happens in the state of Louisiana. So yeah, you right. have the opportunity to prove to, to not only the rest of this country, but the world that Louisiana can beat Oregon to a progressive policy. And I suggest that you do that. Uh, get out to the polls and vote in the largest numbers for progressives that we've ever seen in the state of Louisiana. Fucking and right, dude. Pick a candidate, anyone Do that research. you want. Here, here, truly, if we don't want to fight about what the fuck happened in 2016 or whatever, where you want That's to put right. your vote, okay? Let's in, put it in the past. Listen, I want to say this, seriously. If you want to do something else that's really great, get out there and vote for anyone 
on the down ballot from Steve Scalise, because right now he's at 58%, okay? 58%. All we got to do is chop into that 8% that's in there. Yeah, right. That's, that's uh, whatever, 530, 530, whatever. 538. 538 said that. So that's a conglomerated polling. He's got a couple. He's got Jim Francis that he's running against and Tammy Savoy, right? right? I've, we interviewed um, both of them. Jim, Jim Francis is more to the left. Tammy Savoy is a little bit more centrist. Um, ex, uh, uh, what, are um, their, what are their polling numbers? Uh, not high and not that great, but there are several other candidates that are running that are taking votes there's as well. You know, there's a libertarian that came on WHIV that's running who is actually a really, he was a really thoughtful guy. I, I will say that. I mean, they all are fearful, but we had the libertarian on who's running against Scalise, and he was actually... I mean, we had Scalise, I mean, we had uh, Francis and we had Tammy Savoy and Tammy is, just, she was a very lovely person and, and Jim was at the beginning of his, uh, you know, he, it was like his, he had just announced a couple weeks prior to that, so he was just getting started. But this libertarian guy was interesting. So. Well, I mean, if you feel like voting for that guy, go ahead. Let's get that 8%. Uh, but, let's but, suck, but, let's but, suck but, out the vote. Yeah. But let's get that, fifth, let's get Steve Scalise down to 49. That's right. Okay, so that, we can, so that we can have, a runoff. we can force a runoff and That's we can. Right. We can have him contend That's right. with some progressivism here in the state of Louisiana because I can tell you something. He graduated from the same high school as I did. It's one of the most uh, degrading things that I have to admit to in my life. Uh, it embarrass, embarrasses me to my core. Uh, not that I really like that high school very much, but is there a Rommel? We, we, yeah, Rommel High School. We 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 or Scummel as people called it back then, but. Uh, we have to get rid of this guy. He's one of the worst human beings that's ever been elected to a public office in the history of the United States of America, and that's coming from the state of Louisiana, which includes the rich history of his own district, which was populated by such luminaries as Bobby Jindal and David Duke. Uh, so and Vitter, if, had if, that, Vitter had that seat. He's and, in the uh, Mount Rushmore. I, did Vitter uh, have that? Vitter, Vitter, must, Vitter, I guess, Vitter yeah, had Vitter that had seat. that. That's right. Well, so and David, when Longsworth and was. David Vitter had that seat as well, folks. You're talking about this is a rich and storied history that we're talking about of Louisiana's first con congressional district with some incredibly uh, uh, amazing. Figures Ooh, on, the, on, the, on the on the human rights front. And you, can, you, can, you can sense my let's, dripping sarcasm, I'm sure. But just get out there and let's try and defeat this guy. He's a horrible human being. He referred, he referred to himself as David Duke without the baggage. If you can, and Cedric Richards just went and stood right next to him. Set, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, he's my representative, so I got to I got to stand by him. He's, I that's don't. My, he's he that's is my not. District. He he's in my district too. Oh, he's your district guy yeah, too. Yeah, I mean yeah. like that. Dude, I mean <laughs> Richmond. Richmond. I mean that dude. Like Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise said, "I am David Duke without the, the baggage," and Shedrick, who is the president of the Black Caucus, stood right next to him and didn't say a word. Who's the guy from Iowa? That's the big uh, Steve King. He threatened to take Steve King out and back and whoop his ass. Also. Richard, who Shedrick did? Yeah. yeah well, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we've got to get out and vote. Just get out and vote. And I hope Please. you're right. I hope it's the big band-aid blue wave. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I just in the last couple of days I've been reading articles, and I don't know if those articles are being put in there to rile up uh, Democrats to get out and vote. But they're, I mean... Uh, right now, I mean, look what Trump. Look what Trump's running on right now. What was he saying this weekend? He was talking about Kavanaugh and caravans. 
Kavanaugh and caravans. I mean, we yeah, have no, I mean, that, a yeah. five thousand person strong caravan that's you know started in uh, either Guadalajara. Or, I mean, now he's talking about you're going to get thrown in jail for raping, so you should be scared of that. It was for first it was like be scared of terrorists and brown people stealing your jobs. Now it's like be it's, scared of getting thrown fear, in jail or being fear, fired because you grow up a girl, um, and you should be allowed to grow people. Um, I'd like to see the numbers on how that's how those issues well, are. Trump is, uh, Trump's having his uh, rally tonight for uh, Ted Cruz. Did you love it when Willie Nelson came out for Beto and yeah, everybody course, freaked that's great. out? That's great. Fucking great. <laughs> God that's bless. Great. The only yeah, time Willie Nelson's was... ever uh, gotten political at all. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, and then you guys saw. I mean, actually, this speaks. I mean, this is a point that you and I need to talk about, Joel. Is that uh, who was the pop star who a couple weeks ago was it Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Who came out and did you see there 300, was like new registered new registered just just so from th- tweeting about this it. speaks to the power right. of what you and I are talking about That's about right. using pop stars to either do HIV testing live or to do right. vaccinations. That's and right. so that's where that com- that's why I utilize musicians to do something like that. And this is tapping into a conversation that Joel and I have been having for some yeah. time now. And I was gonna make a joke that, that um, I was gonna make a joke that like We'll move on to lighter fare next time we have you on as a guest, and we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about infectious. We'll talk about infectious diseases. Yeah, let's talk oh, about that. Which yeah, is right. your specialty? Right. Which will- <laughs> listen, I, I listen. I would put. A, I'll put a very strong social justice spin on ID because yeah. we need to deconstruct structural Fucking racism right, that exists yes. in yes. healthcare. Why yeah. are people yeah. getting? Vaccinated? I saw your PowerPoint presentation. There, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. Way. yeah. It's no, don't. That's, uh, that's Everyone get a flu vaccination. Well done. Well done. And Mark Allen, we will have you back on the podcast for sure. I hope. I hope I do not like. <laughs> about infectious diseases and no. about about the stereotypical racist shit that keeps people from getting not well, sick. Well, there's yeah, when, I mean, when there are preventable ways. There's but like the, by a shot in the your racism arm. that exists exists amongst the inside the the medical system, right? By yes. doctors, by right. nurses, by the actual structural the infrastructure of medicine and healthcare in the United States is deeply deeply racist. Yep. And I one of the things that I've been doing, you can imagine, I'm not very popular amongst my colleagues, <laughs> is that I go around talking about deconstructing structural racism in medicine because it is incredibly pervasive. I'll give you two very quick examples. I know we're trying to wrap up. One is Tuskegee syphilis experiments where we basically in 1932 took a bunch of uh, out of Tuskegee, Alabama uh, had a a bunch of uh, sharecropper farmers, all of them black 499 guys uh, uh, split almost down the middle, maybe a little bit more. Two thirds of them had syphilis. One third was a control group in 1932. That was an okay thing to do. There was no cure for syphilis at the time. But in 1952, uh, uh, Alex Fleming invented this beautiful thing called penicillin. And then by 1957, it was the definitive cure for syphilis. You know what the definitive cure for syphilis is in 2018? Penicillin. It's still a thing. I still have boxes and boxes of penicillin at my clinic that I treat syphilis because in New Orleans, we are, pun intended, literally a hotbed of syphilis in the world. We're number one syphilis in the world. So in 1957, when when the cure for pen, when the cure for syphilis was made obvious, they still did not treat these guys who did not know that there was a cure for syphilis. No one ever told them they had syphilis. It wasn't until 1972 when there was uh, 40 secondary cases and 20 tertiary cases. Secondary cases were wives and girlfriends and intimate partners. Tertiary cases were 20 children were born with congenital syphilis. That was the American 
U.S. Public Health Service. That was the American government. I'll give you a second example were Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks was a woman in the 1950s, lived in Maryland, uh, had uh, some pelvic pain, went to John Hopkins. She ends up having cervical cancer. She dies very rapidly afterwards, right? The doctors took her, uh, took a biopsy of her cervical cells, went and investigated. The pathologist was like, whoa, these cells are like, they're not dying. They should be dead. Took it over, uh, walked it down, the cells down to the cancer uh, lab, and uh, the cancer doctor there noticed that these cells would not stop reproducing. Yeah. So these are now called HeLa cells, Henrietta Lacks, He, H-E, La, Lacks, right? The HeLa cells. Those HeLa cells, you guys have been touched by HeLa cells. HeLa cells are everywhere. They have, they have become part of every element of medical, of modern medicine, from vaccines were used and invented by HeLa cells, all the medications you guys are, we all utilize them on hypertensive medications. Imagine me being hypertensive, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, have all been tested on HeLa cells. And the reason is, is that the HPV virus that causes cervical cancer right. landed, there's three million DNA base, bases for it to land on, and it landed directly on a tumor growth DNA uh, uh, a protein. So once it triggered that that tumor growth cell, that became a a prospective process by which it starts creating cells. And these cells are constantly replicating. They don't die. Right. So here's what happened. Henrietta Lacks was never told about this. Her family was never told about this. They've never been remunerated, enumerated, or compensated as a result of this. They just basically said, "Oh, this is a poor black woman." who's fairly uneducated, we don't need to talk to them or get any consent whatsoever. Now you can make the argument there wasn't consent in the 50s, true, but as medical science became more sophisticated, sure. there was never any consideration for this. And it wasn't until, just like the syphilis story, a reporter broke the story, and this is the importance of investigative journalism in our society. And it was an investigative journalist that broke the story of Henrietta Lacks and made it for Gila. There's, inf there's structural racism in healthcare is very, very, very deeply rooted, and and deconstructing structural racism is, is one of the things that I do. And as an infectious disease doctor, you see structural racism greatly because infectious diseases disproportionately affect people of color, and that's what I do. Did you watch the Soderbergh um, Cinemax series, The Nick? No. Was you, that? Are you fucking kidding? You have to watch that. Was Jeff? Tell. Yeah, that's a good. It's a great. Uh, it's a great. It's turn of the century in New York City. Like it was 19, only on. It was like three seasons on. Nineteen. Uh, 19, Steven Soderbergh came back. He retired, but then did this, or he said he was retiring. And it's about a New York City hospital in nineteen oh one. The Knickerbocker. Oh, it was about yeah, the I'm Nick. Sure I probably would yeah. enjoy that. Oh yeah. my god! It's everything you just talked about. It's like that's yeah. It, it shines a light on it. You know, and it's super barbaric. I mean, have you ever have you ever looked at Charity Hospital? Do you ever you see Charity Hospital, right? It's it's parallel with Tulane Avenue, but then it's got two huge wings. Why does it have two huge wings? One for whites and one for blacks. One for whites and one for blacks. Well, one for poor I, people, I thought one for rich people. I thought also that um, the so-called mercy killings that happened in the wake of Katrina at Mercy Baptist Hospital could be viewed as. An example of that. As no, well. so that was Anna Poe, and Anna Poe is, as far as I'm concerned, is a saint, and she can do no harm. 
and she can and, and doctors don't kill people. She's an ENT doctor. So let me tell you about that. So she was basically she had to stay at Mercy or at Baptist Hospital uh, because of Katrina, and uh, uh, she didn't have to stay. She wasn't on call. She was there. What happened was that the doctors that were supposed to be there for hurricane duty, because we all are on hurricane duty, right? We all take turns being on hurricane duty. The two doctors that were supposed to work that nursing home, because now hospitals have a part of the hospital that's really like it's it's not a nursing home. They're called long-term care facilities. Anyway, the uh, the uh, two doctors did not show up to do their shifts. So Anna Poe did not go home to her family. She did not, she stayed back and actually took care of those patients. Now, to call those mercy killings is a gross, gross, gross sense of injustice because sure. what, I, I'm a doctor, okay? Like, and, and trust me, I went down to, I, I, Anna and I have, Dr. Poe and I have actually done lectures together where I will verbally talk about the things that she can't necessarily talk about. When I went down to Haiti, let me ask you this. I went down to Haiti three days after the earthquake and I actually ran the American hospital down there. What do you do when somebody's gonna die and they're suffering? Now, I'm not saying Dr. Poe did this at all, at right. all, but I saw people dying of tetanus. Did I tell you this story? This nope. is one of the reasons why I wanted to take vaccines to Haiti, right. was that there was a significant amount of tetanus. I was seeing people have opisthotonus. You know what opisthotonus is? Opisthotonus is a spasming that happens of your back when you have tetanus. Have you ever seen anybody with tetanus? No, because everyone's been vaccinated for tetanus. That's right. Except for the people in die. Haiti. Right. And that's why you don't know. And and the ones in Haiti die of epistotonus. And so and I'm not saying that Dr. Poe did this at all, but Dr. Poe was actually just doing what she was supposed to do. And could there have been an opportunity where people may have uh, uh, where there could be significant volume contraction as a result of people being in sweltering heat and when you're older and she's not a geri she's not a geriatrician sure. she's not used to working with older people in those conditions I can assure you that from a heart of a doctor from the heart of a doctor especially that doctor and I know and love Dr. Poe that in no way was she like oh I'm going to put people out of their misery sure. I'm going to do this that or whatever mm. she was just doing what she was supposed to be doing and people fucking die and right. they're going if they're going to die especially if you're at the extremes of age you're going to die in a situation where you have no air conditioning where you're probably supposed to be on a ventilator but the ventilator's not working because there's no sure. electricity you know there's nothing that you're supposed to do and everybody is suffering in what was essentially a hot box of a hospital waiting for people to show up and all fucking bush does is he flies over the plane and looks out the window right right so I uh, obviously, and I disagree with Sherry Frink. Sherry Fink is the one that wrote the art, the the book called Five Days at Memorial, in which she strongly makes an argument against Dr. Poe. I strongly disagree with Sherry Fink, uh, and and uh, and I'm sorry. I I I have a visceral response when people talk about that. That's oh, fine. I, yeah, no, I wanted to throw it out there because I wanted to think of something like a more recent kind of possible example, but I appreciate of that this answer, like. Man. Structural racism, thing, right. or destructing racism in, in healthcare. Yeah, totally. So we're at a buck twenty. Yeah. Look, real quick plugs, um, and because we will have you back as some things progress and, and things that we can do in our community once we get past this election. Um, because you're working on a lot of positive stuff that I happen to know about, and we'll we'll, we'll have you on. We'll talk about it. Um, WHIV, 
Check that out, everybody. You're, are you the owner, operator? How does that work? So I am the, so uh, it's a community radio station. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, it, it, I, I mean, I started the radio station. I founded it. Uh, mm-hmm. I founded the nonprofit that actually holds the FCC license. So gotcha. when you have a, a community radio station like WHIV, like some of the other community radio stations that we all know love here in New Orleans, nobody necessarily, quote unquote, owns it. It's right. run by a board of directors by the nonprofit. Right. I actually founded the radio station. I founded the nonprofit. So I wouldn't quite say I'm the owner, but I yeah. definitely have a very strong influence. Well, nice work. We have we have lots of friends of the podcast. Uh, Chris Lane's a DJ. I want to say yes. Kenny, mm-hmm. Kenny Board is our next door neighbor right over here. Uh, the studio. Kenny's, Kenny's a DJ. Um, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as well as. Uh, and I went I went on the bike show. Oh, you went on the bike show. Yeah, Yannicka, Yannicka's show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend and I raised uh, about twenty five hundred bucks by bicycling the Natchez Trace uh, oh, last cool. year for uh, the hurricane victims yeah. in Houston. Oh, cool. ja- Jamie yeah. Bernstein, another one. So yep. lots yeah, of Jamie. lots of Jamie, yeah. lots uh-huh. of friends of our show. And I'm that... sure you probably know Mark Parody. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. Mark's show follows mine. Okay. Uh, All right. Great. Uh, and we yeah. Have, uh, obviously, Jamie's a musician. Lynn Dury's on right. Oh, oh, Lynn is. Yeah. Right. Oh, great. Good. Um, and, Folks, if you uh, listen to this podcast, Sam Price is please, a please great keep guy. Listening. I, oh, great! And yeah. I still take bass lessons by Sam Price, who's Sweet. my bass teacher. So great guy, he's great a great guy. guy. But well. also listen to HIV. Yes, please listen to In WHIV. To this podcast. I think WHIV should have a house band out of that. I would, yeah, <laughs> for real, dude. <laughs> You need a drummer. We need to throw a drummer in there some kind of way. Okay, folks, it's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Thanks for coming on again. My pleasure. And uh, we'll have you back anytime. And can we count you as a friend of the podcast? Absolutely. Excellent. Great. Sounds great. Joel, you got anything to add here? That's it. Get out and vote. Get your Uh, ass out. Tell people to vote. Make sure you're registered. Yes, on Amendment 2. Don't get lazy. And, uh, And look, I mean, there are some websites out there where you can drill down and, and see not just about Amendment 2, but everything else happens locally. I want to say that the Vote Save America people from Pod Save America, that they have a database now where you can put in your zip code and you can learn and read about everything that's happening locally. Because that's where shit gets lost in midterms. That's where this fucking dirty-ass Republican money-generated Koch brothers scheme gets put into full effect when they pass all this bullshit in midterms that no one knows anything about. So go to Vote Save America, put in your zip code, and fucking let someone smarter than you tell you how to vote. And there's some other ones too, which I think go vote. Or learn, learn. I don't care. There's one called GEAUX Vote, which is the Louisiana portal we can find out, I think. Anyway, we're going to find out, we're going to stop griping about it, we're going to get these links, and we're going to put them out to people on our website and on our social media, and we're going to let people know exactly where... To uh, where to go and vote. Next and, time uh, we're going to talk infectious diseases. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk infectious up, we're gonna diseases bring up the mood. next time. That's right. Bring it up. <clears throat> okay, folks, in uh, Portside Lounge on Saturday, uh, the Green Demons, my other band, is going to be playing. We're going to be doing our big Halloween spectacular at the Portside Lounge. So come and see us there. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>